Hey guys, this is Arturo, and I just want to promote a project that I've been working on. And if you are interested in fantasy football, particularly daily fantasy football, I've helped create an app. It is called FRS Fantasy Sports. It could be found on Apple or Android. Uh, we do things a little bit differently than FanDuel and DraftKings. We pick the stats. You pick the player that you think is going to perform best in those stats. We definitely have some unusual stats. Who will kick the longest field goal? Who will have the longest catch? Who will have the longest rush? This is what makes the game kind of fun. If you know the game of football and you're interested, check it out. It's FRS Fantasy Sports. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, so we're on the heels of the weekend that just had Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. And it was quite a show. What'd you think? So actually, while the fight was happening, I was babysitting two six-year-olds with my girlfriend. So I was watching Hocus Pocus. <laughs> but... I did watch it today. Yeah, it was a great battle, great boxing match. Uh, I'm curious how you felt while you were watching it, though, since you were in the zone when it was happening and it was live and you have that whole extra aura behind it. Oh, man, I was bugging out. What, what I, were your initial thoughts like when it, before it started? How did you see it going? And then uh, my I guess initial thoughts. How, yeah, my initial thoughts were I had heard rumors that Tyson Fury wasn't like training as hard. And then there were some people like, oh, no, he's doing that on purpose to make you think that and all these different things. But I know for sure that, you know, Deontay Wilder changed fighting uh, his, his, um, his coaches. And mm -hmm. I just I follow both of them. And Deontay Wilder's always posting videos of how hard he's working. Mm -hmm. And it shows mm -hmm. like it just he looks better in everything he does, his mitt work, all that stuff. And so coming into the fight, I'm like, geez, this is like probably the best Wilder. So let, let's see. Again, he has that touch of death. He doesn't have to be the better boxer. He's just got to hit him. Mm -hmm. And walking into the fight, you can definitely tell Deontay Wilder's physique had changed. He had gotten more buff. You know, like he was bigger. He was more yoked. And Tyson kind of just looked the same. So, I don't know. Going into the fight, just walking in, I was like, damn, this might be Wilder's night. It just made it more okay. exciting because it feels closer, you know, because Tyson just kind of ran away with it last fight. So this one was like walking into it. I'm like, this might get crazy. And sure enough, much, it kind of did. Do you know how much they weighed going in? Because Fury's 6'9 and Wilder's 6'7. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Wilder was 238 and I want to say Fury was 277. Okay, so that's a little bit more because Wilder usually is lighter. Even though he looks yes. jacked and he's huge. Yeah. He's got that like John Jones skinny leg syndrome. Mm -hmm. where I think he said one of his knockdowns or most of his knockouts was when he was like 217, 218 pounds. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's like 20, that's 20 pounds of muscle. And then, yeah, Fury's kind of like that big dad bod, but mixed with like gypsy European beast. Yeah, like a yeah, big guy, big strong guy, the gypsy king. For that king size, like everyone bomber. talks about like his speed and his technique, but his endurance and stamina is incredible. I saw mm -hmm. videos, like I follow him. I saw videos of him immediately after the fight. He's at a nightclub. He's DJing. He's got his shirt off. He's partying hard. I'm like, my gosh, he just went through like a war where he got dropped twice. And he just got stamina. Like he's just dancing the night away, like just going nuts. God damn. They yeah, got to study I feel that like guy. 
I feel like that's also a lot of uh, adrenaline, right? You Maybe. Just are the world's best heavyweight striker. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like a feeling I don't think any drug could give you where you're like really a king, you know, like the gypsy king, like yeah. the guy from Snatch. You haven't seen Snatch. Snatch is like an amazing uh, British gangster movie, gypsy boxer in it. Uh, it's played by Brad Pitt. But um, yeah, I just like this idea of like a gypsy badass fighter and Tyson Fury. He fights so different. So you bring up an endurance, which I think is important to me. That was the whole fight is the endurance. And that's the number one factor that separates Tyson Fury from Deontay Wilder in yes. my head. Well, it's also it's twofold because if you're making a guy miss, when you miss, it takes mm -hmm. so much energy out of you. So I do think mm -hmm. the technique kind of allowed Wilder to get more tired where Fury mm -hmm. wasn't missing that many shots. And so, yeah, but he Fury looks greater and greater the deeper into the fight for sure. But you also need endurance to do all that head movement yeah. that, uh, that uh, Fury was so good at. And I don't know, like the term sweet science, like I love that term a little bit about boxing, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like it's a sweet science anymore, totally. Like, because you're always just colliding into each other. You know, it's not like these like six, seven punch combos. It's like one, two, three, four, collide. You know, at least with Wilder, it's one, two, collide. And then with... Tyson Fury, it's like one, two, three, four, and then yeah, they kind of yeah, but it has to be that way when you're versing someone with the most dangerous one-two in history. I just feel like every yeah, I get that, but I just feel like every boxing fight, and I don't see many boxing fights, but every boxing fight I am seeing like it's always like a little bit of that, and I get it, it's cool, it's fine, like that's part of the game, but uh, it made me just think a little bit about MMA because like so many boxing fans are always like kind of shitting on MMA for being like brutish. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this kind of felt like the same, like how many almost headlocks did Fury get on Wilder, you know? Oh, and yeah. Well, I think that was the difference, too, is uh, Fury was winning in the clinch a lot more. Yes. Like Wilder wanted that distance and just Fury was either all the way in or all the way out. And for those of you that didn't watch it, both put up a great fight. I think the first round people gave to Wilder. But uh, yeah, so I didn't see I didn't see that much difference in his technique. Like it was still one, two. One, two. Like, of I course, didn't see that, many three, four punch combos. Okay, so how about this? Uh, Wilder started off with how many body shots? How many jabs? Like 12. And like 12. Yeah, dude. Like a lot. Yeah. I never even seen him throw a body shot before that. And the fact that he was, like, effectively landing them over and over, it helped, for sure. Mm -hmm. it, it was definitely way sharper. Yes, he did some, like, you know, he's not going to correct everything in the world, but um, he definitely looked a lot better than he normally does. Do you think those love handles of Fury helps him absorb those body punches? Uh, it, a little bit. Like yes. more, like more than abs. Like you know what no. I mean. Like, do have they ever tested that? Like, is there a difference? Like, say you're just like have an eight pack versus like you have like those love handles Fury have. Like, does it help Are you, you trying absorb to say like body measuring shots? pain? Yeah, like tolerance, like absorbing the punches. You can measure force. Like, you can't really measure pain. Yeah, I know, but I'm just wondering. Like, I'm curious. Like, do you think? In some ways, it might be a little bit better to have that like little bit extra cushion. I don't. I don't know. I. I. Maybe for certain. I don't know. Yeah, just a thought. I like not yeah. for the science of it, but sometimes he's hitting him, and I feel like Fury. Like I don't know. Maybe he's like wise to it, where people do make fun of his body a little bit, but maybe he's like, no, I know this is my optimal. Like maybe that that is the optimal body. Like they always Easy. have the jokes about 
they had the jokes about Daniel Cormier, but still, like, you know, it's just like for them, maybe that's what they need. You know, you don't need to have. Well, I mean, Fury also got dropped, what, twice in that fight as well. So exactly. Fury got dropped Tyson four times for Wilder. No, not four. The last. Oh, I guess if you count the KO as the drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Fury was knocked down twice in the fourth round, which was crazy. Yes. After that fourth round, I just feel like Wilder was like, that was his shot. You know, he, he tried. He definitely had multiple times where you see he was trying to put him away. And I give Wilder a shit ton of credit. He had a ton of heart on this fight. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was withstanding a lot. So was Fury. I think it's a Hall of Fame fight. Yeah. And look, Wilder got knocked out in the 10th round and even knocked down in the 10th round. Mm-hmm. And he he was throwing shots at the end still even though they were kind of sloppy, like he was giving everything that he had. And uh, yeah, it was beautiful to see so much heart. Okay, so uh, beyond this podcast, you guys know that I'm also a teacher. I teach about geography and environmental and economic issues are very important to me. And so I actually have a startup. It's uh, like an Uber for everything or an Airbnb for everything. So on Airbnb, you could rent out your house. Well, on Renta, you could rent out any good service or space. So if you have a wet vac or a pressure washer that you're not really using all the time, rent it out. Or if you are a jujitsu black belt and you offer private lessons, you could rent that out at any price. Or if you have gym space, you could rent that out. Or if you're a nutritionist on the side. The idea is I wanted to help freelancers make money and you keep 100% of everything that you ask for. And uh, the idea is to reduce consumption and keep money local. You could also look at it as uh, the next generation of Craigslist. And so if you like the podcast and you kind of trust me, I would love if you check out the app and download it. If I become rich, we could just keep making fight content all the time. So uh, give it a look. Renta, that's R-E-N-T-A-H.com. Yeah, so I just had an idea. You mentioned before Wilder has one of the best one-twos in history. And I feel like anybody could have told after watching the second fight, this was like endurance would be of the utmost importance. And so what if all he trained nonstop through this training camp wasn't like new techniques or whatnot, was just endurance. So much so that like he could just throw punches for 12 rounds with full strength and move well, right? Because clearly he was getting tired towards the end. Like, could that, have had, could that have had an impact? I feel like the same thing, of, like sometimes like Conor McGregor and some of these fights, like we know what your weakness is. You guys get tired. Why work yeah, on some of the other stuff? Just work on that. I mean, I wouldn't say endurance is uh, maybe now with the added muscle endurance is an issue for Deontay Wilder. I don't know. I, I, I think um, I don't think that would have fared better because I think Tyson would have lit him up earlier. Like, Maybe. I think there was techniques where I saw Deontay Wilder actually slipping more punches than I've ever seen him slip. Okay. So I think okay. that, like, enabled him to go as far as he did this time compared to last. I do yeah. think that was, like, a difference maker in his performance. A I, just saw no, I just saw no combos. And to me, like, not throwing combos. Really but I feel like part of the reason of that is a lack of endurance and getting tired and, like, do the instinctual one too instead of like you saw fury like it was the third fourth fifth shot that was really hurting wilder and getting wilder tired because he just had to keep defending everything yeah well that's the difference though is like tyson fury has a good defensive jab a jab that'll interrupt what you're ever you're doing 
And so it's one of those things, like, even if Deontay really wanted to, like, really link up a bunch of punches, he's not going to get an opportunity against Fury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's fair. It's one of those things where it's like, are you going to be able to do that or just find the spot to put in your right hand? Like, try not to absorb damage. I like the idea of weakening the body early, make me drop his hands a little bit more, and then fire off that right. I get it. I mean, Wilder was doing the same thing. Uh, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe I've been noticing it or projecting, but I just feel endurance is like time and time again showing like that might be the deciding. Like when I was younger, I always thought it was power. Like who's clearly has the strength and the power would be the one that wins, you know? Maybe it's like schoolyard stuff. But now I always feel like the person that has endurance, I feel like more often than not will win. As long as they have, like, obviously they have to be decently equal where they're avoiding some of the tough shots and the punches. But once you can outlast them a little bit, it just, it gets easier and easier for that person. That's, like, part of what made GSP so amazing. Like, you mm-hmm. just knew he wasn't going to get tired. Like, that's why Colby Covington is, like, really good, I feel like. Yeah, I do think it's an ultimate <laughs> trump card, yeah. Right, and so, like, part of me feels like, I don't know, I, I just, yes, he was going for the body shots. And yes, like, he was, like, slipping, like you're saying. But I would just love to see Wilder throw four five six seven yes fury has a defensive jab but i mean who's more powerful than wilder and yeah in the beginning he was quicker even in the beginning he wasn't doing that though it was still quick body shot and then getting back mm-hmm. like body shot and getting back and it's just like, i mean throw, throw that's, more, please. that's a great thing to do though that's a great thing to be able to hit your opponent and be out of range where they can't hit you and if you can continue to do that you're going to open them up big time i just didn't feel like it was hurting fury so it felt a little bit more oh, i did you think so? Yeah. His hands went lower. Yeah. yeah. And look, he did get the knockdown in the fourth round. It just would have been nice. It just, I kind of was rooting for Wilder because I wanted it to like almost be a tie, you know, like mm-hmm. a draw and a win and a win. And so part of me was like, underdog. Oh, come on. Yeah, underdog. And I like him and he has so much heart. It's just for me. But his excuses. Like what were his excuses? I didn't lost listen a, to. Well, I don't know what his excuses are this time. I'm sure he'll have something. But last time, remember, he, like he blamed his suit. Oh, he, yeah, that suit was blamed, stupid. Then he blamed, like, the gloves, the cheating, like, voodoo. He blamed all these things. Blamed racism. Bl- blamed so many different things. Oh, okay. I hate that shit. So, yeah. to me, like, yeah, I, I don't like... You, you You lose, you lose. Blame your endurance. Blame you're not throwing. You know, like, throw. To me, like, I, I that's, that's what I hate about Woodley. Like, you know, and I'm still upset about Woodley. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's, like, a bigger bitch in sports at the moment than fucking Tyrone Woodley getting like that. I love Jake Paul. Tat- yeah, whatever. Obviously, Woodley mm-hmm. could kick my ass. But still, like, in a verbal affair, no, you're a bitch, Tyrone Woodley. Like, you didn't throw. You had the ability to end Jake Paul right there, and you didn't. Why do you need another fight when you already had the fight? You know, like, it's just like, I don't know. Like, you're there in the moment. Obviously, you're going against the best in the world, but you're also one of the best in the world, you know, for the Fury Wilder. Like, hmm. and for Woodley Paul, you're not going against the best in the world. So, why are you not throwing? Like, just throw. And to me, a lot of it is endurance. I don't know. Maybe I listen to too much Chael Sonnen, but like, Sonnen's always talking about like weaponizing like endurance and just like, once you're tired, that's it. You know, you like a lot of people lose. And I, and I would have just liked to see more combos. Like, I, that's, I don't know. I just feel like, it's the part that it's like baseball players like swing, you know, like, how are you not swinging? This is your one opportunity to swing, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. That that was just my one frustration. But obviously, like you said, Hall of Fame fight, both warriors, like total respect. It's not like Woodley Paul, but I just meant in the sense of throwing. Yeah, I would add that this boxing match was even a boxing match to watch, even if you don't even like boxing. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because it's exciting. There wasn't like maybe there was like one or two rounds that like not that much happened. But I mean, you have what? four or five knockdowns in a fight that doesn't happen mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. and especially Sixth. if heavyweights going 11 rounds and it's entertaining exactly that's incredible that's that's what i'd love to so maybe i am harping too much on the endurance they did go 11 rounds I and there's only like... one loss between two of them you know and yeah. they had already fought like that's what makes it so spectacular yeah, I'm just speaking from somebody that wanted Wilder to win. I was like, ah, just please do it, you know? Mm -hmm. But obviously, like, I, I have total respect for Wilder, what he did. If I was a coach, I'd put it out there. He ha the coach was giving him good advice, it seemed like, between rounds and stuff. I, li I liked what he was saying. It was, it was good. I, I, I watched, like, a YouTube mm. re-video, and so yeah, they, didn't have, they didn't have the middle. They didn't have the instructions. He was letting him know, like, oh, when you're throwing out that jab, your right hand's dropping. That's why his lead hook keeps connecting. You got to make sure you, you know, you're holding the telephone the whole time when you're throwing that jab. Like, mm. he was like, like technical, reminding him. And then, like, if Wilder was just kind of like tired and on the stool or whatever, he'd be like, hey, do you hear me? Do you like he would Good. like <laughs> that? He's like, yo, you hear what I'm saying? You need to do this. And I like that. That that's good coaching. So there was a famous baseball coach, uh, Sparky Anderson, and mm -hmm. he's up there with like most wins ever. Right? Tigers coach, a lot of whatever. I don't know if it's, but uh, a reporter or somebody asked him one, a great coach. He's like, eh, he was like in baseball. He's like a coach plus or minus five games. That's it. You know, like maybe like I add five games, maybe I minus five games, like whatever, but it's baseball. Like he's like, the guys know what they're doing. And I loved it. It was like such a humble thing. Mm -hmm. I think in football, it might be plus or minus five games, but there's only a 16 game season. I think mm -hmm. like in football, coaching is like more important than anything. Like I would draft Bill Belichick, I think first over at maybe any player, you know, mm -hmm. how important do you think coaching is in fighting? Like what percentage would you say? Like what kind of advantage do you think like a coach gives you in the fight? I'm, I'm curious. I think it depends on the fighter, really, because some fighters have the experience of knowing what they're doing best. Some fighters think they know best. Some coaches can impart incredible wisdom on the fly. Mm -hmm. Some coaches are just a good role model for their athletes. So I think it, it, it's so there's such a huge variance. Like, I think it depends. <laughs> I think sometimes I guess, it barely matters, and sometimes it's the difference. It's also a two-part question because 98% of the coaching is not in the fight. It's training you to get ready for the fight. Right. And so that, that's a ton of importance. And then I wonder... Football, a lot, there's a lot of prep for that too. Yeah, and then in-game, right? So there's pre-game, yeah. and then there's in-game. And yeah, I wonder how much the in-game matters too because... You've already spent six months talking about this, you know, or six weeks or whatever, mm -hmm. however long it is. Like, how much does it matter once you're in? Um, we should ask uh, some of the other fighters we go yeah. like when we talk to Toby or Jeff Monson. Like, I'm curious how they feel at the top, right? They were at the Yeah. I think uh, it also just made me, part of me was also thinking about the rules. If there was no breaks in between rounds, who wins that boxing match? You know, because mm. Wilder was doing slightly better in the beginning and he had those two knockdowns in a row. And sometimes we talk about that with MMA. And I was like, I wonder what would have been like 
would Wilder have pulled that out if they just kind of went straight, like one through five? Like that would have been an interesting little twist to see how that likely. played out. Yeah. Right? Like I think Wilder could have it would have been a better shot for him because then they both just get tired or knocked out or whatever. And that was his best. But Fury, I just feel like is smarter and knows himself. And he's got that. He, you have to watch Snatch because like he is a little bit like Brad Pitt's character. He just seems like there's like this switch he has in his head that's like half fun, half monster, you know, and like he like combines it so well. And yeah, I don't know. It was a great fight, though. Definitely. I, it was nice seeing that after seeing all the Jake Paul fights in boxing. Fair, fair. It was good. There was, there was a fight before that that was really good, too. Two undefeated boxers. And um, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, it was a good card. And all right, let's talk about another odd matchup. All right. So right now, Ariel Hawani and Brandon Schaub, <laughs> two, you can't call them. They're not commentators. They're just voices of MMA. Yeah. Are now beefing kind of publicly now. And it all started because Brendan Schaub on his podcast, one of his podcasts, he has like seven podcasts. So I, don't, I don't know which one it was. I remember hearing below, it though. I remember hearing Below it. the belt. He did it on yeah, below, it below the, the belt. belt. Yeah. Okay. And he was saying that, I forget what it was. Luke Thomas doesn't like Ariel Hawani for like his reasons or whatever. And Brendan Schaub was like, you know, I don't know Ariel. Like I've been around him, but I don't really know him. But I do know that Luke Thomas isn't the only one that doesn't like Ariel Hawani. And you might find it convenient that there aren't that many fighters going to him. He is known in the community and he's not well liked for a reason. He said something along those lines, but he made it it around it. And hold on. Yeah, he definitely tiptoed around there where he would call him a journalist. And he like put down all MMA journalists. And Brendan Schaub also insinuated because Ariel Helwani was one of the analysts for when Jake Paul fought Tyrone Woodley. And Brendan Schaub insinuated that he turned down that job. And that's why Ariel Helwani got that job. Mm. And then he also goes into how nobody likes Ariel. But he wouldn't say Ariel's name. He tiptoed around it. I think he did say Ariel's name. Okay, that time maybe he said Ariel's name. But okay. now that they're beefing, he never says Ariel's name. He goes, the journalist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fair. Ariel Hawani put out on his show. He was basically mad that Brendan Schaub had said that and made a little bit of a tirade against Brendan Schaub. The tirade was pretty good. It was long. You can Google it if you're interested. And then Brendan Schaub seemingly drunk on his podcast retorts to that and says all right if you want to meet up let's meet up i guess they're like trading texts and stuff too and he's like i'll fly to new york or you can come on my podcast we'll hash this out and so it got anoop and i talking like oh man we would love to see them in a room and see what happens yes okay so the the story goes a little bit deeper than what arturo is saying for one you should know Brendan Schaub was a top 10 heavyweight at one point. Uh, he was good friends, is good friends with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan in a podcast with Brendan Schaub told Brendan, hey, I think Cain Velasquez would fuck you up and you should start thinking about other career type choices instead of fighting forever, where he was like, hey, you're good with other stuff. And it kind of 
led Brendan down a path of becoming a comedian and then podcaster and a commentator mm-hmm. on a ton of things. Ariel Helwani, you should also know, was reporting on MMA when nobody watched MMA or reported on MMA. He was yep. one of the first, like, true pioneer of the sport, loved it as a fan, mm-hmm. and became quite big in the sport until one time, like, Dana White and the UFC got pissed at Ariel because Ariel does talk about things like fight or pay, where they said, oh, Ariel released news that Brock Lesnar was going to fight at UFC 200 before the UFC was allowed to. So, like, Ariel was banned from a lot of stuff. Yeah, they told him not to, and he did anyway. And look, you're a journalist, you're a journalist. You have a leak in your building, you have a leak in your building. Like, the Mm -hmm. NFL doesn't tell ESPN, hey, you know, Booger oh, McFarland okay. is not uh, is not allowed here anymore because Booger McFarland said shit about Roger right. Goodell. You know, like it's I, a little bit like petty. Yeah, I mean, journalism is like that in nature. So like Ariel's going to do it. But you also have can't be surprised at Dana White to be like, all right, I'm not giving you shit anymore. And Ariel's okay, like, yeah. oh, he hates me or whatever. I'm like, well, yeah, you should understand that he does. I, I, I get it. You're not wrong. But like you understand that. So totally fair. But the thing yeah. is this now, the thing is this about Ariel now, and if you saw Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley, you should see it. To me, I gained a ton of respect for Ariel because I always had respect for Ariel anyway, but he was a beautiful analyst. He represented MMA incredibly well, so well-spoken, talking about Tyrone Woodley, talking about how the MMA community is backing Tyrone Woodley. And there is an MMA community, you know, like, and mm-hmm. I think Ariel, like, is really a good fan and a journalist and representative of that. Now, the other thing to mention is this. There is a huge part of the Internet that hates Brendan Shaw. Mm-hmm. In fact, on the subreddit, uh, the fighter and the kid, there was a lot of fans of that podcast with Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub, and they started to turn on him. And now they hate Brendan Schaub. And if you go to the fighter and the kid subreddit, they have links that show you why they hate Brendan Schaub. Mm-hmm. One, he lies a lot. And he does steal analysis from Luke Thomas and Ariel Hawani and a lot of other people. So like when he goes on below the belt, a lot of times he's just repeating the same stuff that other people have said. But it's Brendan Schaub saying it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he is a little bit of a bully. So he bullies Brian Callen. Uh, there's another okay, clip. So I on... think you are spinning this pretty biasly. I am biased because I also hate Brendan Schaub, but I'm giving you, but I've been following this subreddit for a long time. So if you follow That's the subreddit, I think you're so biased. No, but it's also, I have more information. Like I see okay. that Brent, even Brendan Schaub, even you said it, he goes, Oh, Ariel won't say it to my face. Like he's insinuating. Yeah. I'm, I could beat up Ariel. We know that, but this is a battle of wits. This isn't like a battle of like Ariel's not saying, hey, I would fuck you up in a fight. He just is saying when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to analysis, I'm superior to you, which Ariel is. I believe. Well, he also dropped the Tupac line, like, keep my name out your mouth. And Brendan Schaub can kind of I mean, you can totally say, OK, then say it to my face. You could yeah, always fair. say that man to man. And you're like, all right. like, <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is this. I feel like Ariel will. Ariel interviewed Nick Diaz and Nick Diaz was like, you could get slapped for that where I come from. And then Ariel kept talking to him like Ari- and he wasn't being okay, a dick. He's like, why? Thing. What did I do? The Diaz brothers don't like him either. There's a lot of people that don't like Ariel. So I wouldn't paint him as the most well-liked person. 
he then, is but, a very entertaining TV personality. I would not say that everyone hates Brendan Schaub and everyone likes Ariel. Okay, I don't look, think you, that's the case. You're, you're totally right. But what I'm saying yeah. is this subreddit hates Brendan Schaub. And now there's a lot of people sure. that hate Brendan Schaub across a lot of different industries. It's not just MMA. Now it's also comedians and podcasters and like also people that just like. Yeah, but that's like people that's like getting saying, humbled. Like, oh, I follow Conor McGregor and I see all the people comment on his photos. And yeah, he sucks. And you're like, all right, you're paying attention to a lot of people that just spend time hating. Like, I get yeah, it. If that's you true. Have, like, uh, if you have your reasons for hating him, that's fine. I wouldn't say like, oh, look at all these people hating him. He sucks. No, but there are, <laughs> but there are things that he says that genuinely, once you watch 100%. it and listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, he does suck. Like, so it's like <laughs> you say. this guy is not, not Dude, the, the brightest. The, the other day, Brian Callen was eating on the air while they had a podcast mm -hmm. and Brendan goes to him, was like, yo, stop I eating in a really tough way. Like, yo, stop eating. This fucking triggers me. And he got really mad at him. Yeah. And then the homeless cats were like, you have a fucking podcast where you eat food with fighters. You know, like you have, it's like, don't say it triggers you. You were just trying to like dominate your supposed friend that got you in the industry which is Brian Cowell. Like, it's like one of those, it's like just so stupid. Your whole podcast is about eating food with fighters. And if you okay, watch clips- I'm going to stop you he, right there. You're wrong on this. How am I wrong, wrong on that? Because the podcast Eating With Fighters is billed as that. It's food truck diaries. I'm going to go out and eat with a fighter. A fighter and a kid, eating while you're talking, it is definitely very unprofessional. I'm with him 100%. I do think, because he was asking Brian questions of Brian D. You hear a meeting, he's like, dude, you need to stop eating. Like we're running a show. Like you can't be eating. Now, I will say that if you have a critique on, hey, Brendan's drinking on the podcast. Exactly. And he's doing nicotine. Right. He's but doing nicotine say, like, patches. Oh, but to say, oh, you eat on this podcast. Like, okay, that's not a fair no. argument to me. But but just don't tell me you get triggered by it. You know what I mean? Like just be like, yo, hey, don't eat right now. But don't be like, yo, eating on air triggered. If you say eating on air triggers me, and you have an entire other podcast that is built around eating on air. That's different. Like that's different. That's the premise of that podcast. It's, it's the not same the premise thing. Of this no, no, no. I, I disagree. Right? If we're talking I about fighting on this thing. podcast and I do another podcast and we're talking about fighting and the guy's like, yo, we're not talking about fighting on this podcast. Like, oh, OK, that's fair. No, the slight difference would be if you go on that other podcast and you go, no, fighting triggers me. But you have a whole other podcast where we talk about fighting. So it doesn't trigger you. You know what I mean? It's just like he, no, he chose a moment to, I think Brendan Schaub represents somebody that like, yes, he has talent, but he also doesn't have a humble bone in his body where he's like, yeah. no, no, everything I've done is because I'm great at it. Where a lot of people feel is like, no, 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 Joe Rogan made you famous. And you have the literally the lowest ranked comedy special in the history. Of okay, comedy again, you're being specials. biased now. Joe Rogan didn't no, make but, him famous. UFC made him famous. Oh no! But in the comedy world, Joe Rogan made him famous. Fair. And, but and that's, that's why different. people are pissed. No, but I think people liked him at first because all right, cool, he's a fighter giving good takes. But then when he goes, "Hey, I'm an amazing comedian," it's kind of like, all right, dude, be a little bit humble in your statements you know what i mean i don't know if he's ever actually said that but 
It's also like, okay, Eddie Bravo. Is he famous because of Joe Rogan? No, Eddie Bravo is famous because he won the ADCC. Now he became more famous because okay. of Joe Rogan. Okay, fair. But Eddie Bravo. And now do you is, hate on gonna... Eddie Bravo because he's riding on Rogan's coattails. Eddie Bravo, though, is sometimes humble and admits he's like a little retarded, for like lack of a better word. With his like, so does like Brendan. No, no, no. Brendan, even in that apology video where he starts calling out Ariel Hawani, he's like the journalist. Like he's all he does is like he's like, come on, I'm a nice guy. I'm first team all nice. You know, and he's just like sold out shows when really, if you look at the videos, none of his shows are sold out. Like he lies off. So it's like, dude, why do you do these petty lies? And people that do petty lies generally have bigger lies. And it comes from like insecurity, like people that are insecure. I think are liked more in some ways because they're authentic. Like admit, like you're not perfect. None of us are perfect, but like Brendan has this like aura around him where I feel like he thinks he's like, even when somebody made an article about Joe Rogan, this is what started it. Someone made an article about Joe Rogan saying Joe Rogan will not be missed because Joe Rogan missed an missed the last fight because he was hunting and, uh, Joe Rogan's obviously getting a lot of flack right now for his like anti-vax stance. So Bloody Elbow, I think, put out like a hit article on Joe Rogan. So what does Brenda do? Brendan does, oh, well, me and Joe are like, he starts grouping himself with Joe Rogan where it's like, oh, they're coming after me. Like he does stuff like that where it's like a little bit like, all right, defend your boy without hyping yourself up. At the- That's not easy for everyone to do. Yeah, I get that. Or, or without putting your partner down and Brian Callen. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times he's like telling yeah, Brian, but that's like this the makes whole me premise want this of their show. They do that. Mm-hmm. Brian plays the beat up guy. Like that's what he does. And he does that well. He even does no, that but- on his own. Like if you see comedy from Brian, that that's what he does. I think he turned Brian into a little bitch. And I think it's like an abusive relationship where Brian now needs Brendan more than Brendan needed Brian in the beginning. And without Brian, Brendan wouldn't have anything. Brian's like, no, we can do this together. Like he helped where Joe Rogan said, do comedy. Brian kind of was like the one that walked him through this. Mm-hmm. And then like a lot of times, like when they're having like a debate, Brendan will go into like, oh, I could beat you up. Where it's like, dude, you're both supposed to be comedians. Be fucking clever. Like, obviously you could beat him up. Just you know, like, so are. it's like they bro it up all the time. Brent, it's not it's Brian not growing it up. It's Brendan, too. That's just that's how that's how they play that game. The big the big macho man versus the little wants to be macho man like that. That's how they play their game. So then just admit that Brian's a better talker than you. Like you can't enunciate like you're not that good of a comedian. Like so like then I just play the role of the say that. I don't think he would ever. Dude, you know how many times even look. Okay, I, so here's just, the thing. Here's the thing, right? So you have yeah. a lot of all this hate. It's the same way people hate on Conor McGregor. And I get it. Like you can. But when you devote your life to doing that and all you spend is like time on the comments, it's a dark road. Like these people <laughs> watching Brendan to hate on him. Like, I, I love it. I love it's so weird to me. It's like, such a yeah, like like I, I you know, I could find reasons to hate Harry, Ariel too, but I'm like, I don't care to do that. Like it's just such a weird process to me where you're like, look at all these people. Same thing with Conor McGregor, like all these comments, like, oh, he's the worst of Ireland, he's doing drugs, he's doing like yo, don't care. I I get what you're saying, but the thing is this, Connor, when you do hate on Connor, Connor does have like legitimate like sexual assault and he like punched an old man and like yeah. he like threw the dolly, like he did like really like fucked up shit. Yeah. At the same time Connor is interesting whatever dynamic everybody still wants to see him fight, etc. Mhm. 
but uh, this community, the fighter and the kids subreddit, they call themselves homeless cats. And they say they work at P.F. Chang's because there's a famous clip of when somebody asked Brendan on a podcast, like, hey, like, how do you feel about like some of your haters? He's like, they mean nothing to me. It's like if a homeless guy said shit to me, you know, and then like people are like, what's wrong with homeless people? Like, why are you like just shitting on homeless people? And then he goes, it's like if a cat was typing and it's like it's one of those comments. I think he's thinking like, oh. A Chappelle would say this or some comedian, like, you know, a cat, but like, and so these, these people on the pod, like on the subreddit were like, okay, I guess we're just homeless cats then. <laughs> you know, and, and they really formed the community of hilarity where I think they've made the podcast better by dissecting it and ripping everybody apart than the very actual podcast. It is so weird. It's clearly yeah, it weird. Very unique for sure. But it's, hilarious because their content look some memes that people write to me they're like pulitzer prize winning memes and it might be an eighth grader that wrote it it might be like some dumb pothead like it's just to me these people are creating great hilarious content and they are dissecting things and you could see that some of these people are pieces of shit once they really break it down and a lot of people that listen to like a lot of podcasts i think they just listen to the background and they're like oh yeah whatever he's okay but really, like some people really do suck once you really listen to them. Yeah, it is weird because, I mean, Joe Rogan has how many haters as well, right? Like, yes, a lot. The most popular podcast in the world. And he's got probably more haters than anyone in the world. It just always comes with that. Mm-hmm. Brendan Shop, I think, has like a pretty high rated podcast, too. I mean, he's got like a slew of them, so I guess. Um, yeah, it's just a, like you can listen like, I'll listen to Joe, and he'll say things. I'm like, wow, that's dumb. Listen to Brendan, and hear him say things. Wow, that's dumb. Like, I remember one time he was talking about, like, how he's surprised Francis Nagano doesn't want to talk to him, doesn't want to come on his show. And he's like, you know, I mentioned that, you know, he didn't look good, nothing's changed, and Stipe's going to beat him, but I don't see why he would not come on my show. I'm like, yo, that's <laughs> a funny sentence. I'm like, yo, you just, you just said it. Like, it's just funny. Like, yeah. But, um... Yeah, these people on the subreddit, I don't know, pretty crazy. He did the same thing to Nate Diaz, where he was talking to Nate Diaz backstage and he told Joe Rogan, he's like, oh, I never disrespected Nate Diaz. I don't know why Nate Diaz had beef with me. And then a clip came out where he like basically him and Nate Diaz, he just lied. He was calling Nate Diaz out. He's like, he's like, oh, well, that's why Connor fucked you up. And then like, because they were talking about the Floyd Mayweather fight between Connor and Floyd. And Nate's like, look, Floyd let him win the first four rounds. And Brendan was like, no, like, no, he was like doing his awkward angles and like whatever, like his thing. And then Nate was like, I guess you don't know about boxing. And then Brendan goes, well, I guess that's why he like beat you up. And then Nate kind of got in his face and Brendan walked away. And then he just lied to Joe Rogan about it. So it's kind of like, dude, you lie a lot. And enough of those clips where you lie, it's kind of like why people don't like Carlos Mencia for stealing stuff. And by the way, there are also video clips where they show Brendan has stole jokes from like other comedians. It's kind of like, dude, we have a lot of dirt on you. Just go back to being like the humble fighter and do the stuff, but don't act like you're great. You know, I think it's like a humble fighter, (laughs) but it's insane. Right. He goes, I'm a, what did he say? He called himself the legend killer because he beat Crow Cop, which is so sad, but then no Gareth. Yeah. And And so he's no, he got knocked out by no Gareth. 
Yeah, but he called himself the legend killer because he wanted to knock out Nogueira, uh, and then Nogueira uh, fucked him up, and it was like, yeah, thank God Nogueira you. fucked him up. Yeah, yeah, I was so happy. In Brazil. But uh, I don't know. He also talked shit to Dana White. Obviously, we don't always say the best things about Dana White, but Dana White did a lot of stuff, and then Brendan Schaub said something like, I could do Dana's job, but Dana can't do my job. Dude, we do your job. We talk on a podcast. Like, come on. Like, stop well, saying like. Wouldn't go that far, but go ahead. No, dude. I'm sorry. In a battle of uh, pronunciation and enunciation and talking fight shit, like, I don't care. Like, Brendan is not somebody superior. I could also watch Luke Thomas and copy his points, you know? Could, but I don't think you'd get a million subscribers. Yeah, it's the immortal technique line, though, right? Oh, it doesn't mean you're good. It just means there's a lot of people that are stupid, you know? And there are a lot of stupid people in this world that, like, will be like, yeah, I will listen to Brendan Shaw because I've heard of Brenda. But it doesn't necessarily mean that Brenda has the best content, you know? Uh, that's, that's the way you measure value. Yeah, that's the way I measure value. And yeah, clearly, like, whatever. Maybe uh, it's coming from some hate, but I don't know. I think uh, I like to look at things decently unbiased i would say this to his face like you know i'd say to anybody's face like what's the difference you just that's what we do you have a podcast like i'm sorry running the ufc and building a fucking sports empire is much harder to do than talking in a microphone for an hour a day especially when you have five interns and two other co-hosts yeah i would would say that too but i don't yeah i can't speak to the veracity of these statements either (laughs) I guess, like, whatever. Maybe you're humble in this, but when it comes to like being a wordsmith and talking, like, whatever. I'm a teacher. I talk. Like, so I feel like there's a lot of people that could do what Brendan does. Maybe. All right. So I think you're approaching this with bias. I I want to see them get together in the same room, so they're both honest and exposed. Yes. So whatever secrets either of them have is brought to light, because I do yes. think both have them. Maybe Brendan's got bigger ones. Maybe, but I think it is important that. Ariel comes to light a little bit too. Yeah, I would love to. I would love, love, love to see that. And if you watch, Ariel's independent now. So yeah, he like left ESPN or he was fired from ESPN, regardless mm-hmm. of what you want to call it. But he gets more hits and he gets oh, more a, likes. That's a provoked at all, I believe too. I think Brendan was talking about that. Yes. And yeah. then it's like, oh, that's why he left. But meanwhile, Yo, a lot of people it, can't get along with Ariel. Dana White, ESPN, the co-hosts, I don't think. If you look at Daniel Cormier, when Daniel Cormier had the show with Ariel Helwani, that was great. Daniel Cormier with Ryan Clark sucks. Like Chael Sonnen and Ariel Helwani was great. Like, you know, okay. like those people, right. they, they bounced off each other well. You're taking select group of people. What about all the ones that didn't? I'm talking about the fighters that are actually like good, like, you know, like that are good commentators. Michael Kessa. Michael, uh, Kessa. Kessa. Right? Like, um, he, he, I, I would just say that you can look at a track history for Ariel. And there are a lot of people that kind of just excommunicate him. You would think if that happens to one person a lot, maybe it's that one person. That's true. But still, Ariel's getting Tyson Fury on his podcast at like the day, like the week before his fights. Like he's getting Luke Rockhold. Like enough fighters respect him to go on his show and communicate with him. And Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz still talk to Ariel Helwani, even though they had beef once, which makes me think like Ariel's not afraid to talk to you, Brendan. Not anymore. There's no ESPN. There's nothing. This is just his own independent thing. They still go on. Yeah. Uh, again, obligated because it's like he's the one that's getting media attention. 
but he gets media attention because he's good. That's the thing. It's like it's not their going and because you can say like, that same argument for Brendan Schaub. Then. Of course, of course. All right. Yeah. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to look at it like that. I do look at it like that. I just think Ariel's better at his job. And I think when Brendan goes like, say that to my face, like I get what you're saying. Like it could be a fight and maybe I'm defending him because I'm not a real fighter, but it's kind of like, all right, but we're not discussing fighting right now. We're discussing like knowledge yeah. of the sport. And do you have to 100% be a fighter to really analyze the sport? I, I would agree with you there, too. I do think Ariel is very good at his job. Yeah, he studies it, right? He's been watching it for yeah. 20, 30 years. Like, like he even is the best. And he didn't do it for money. In the beginning, there was no money for this. Like, he right. was, like, the one that was, like, like running to the things and had the microphone and was trying yeah. to, like... I remember all those days, yes. Yeah, like, sure dog days. And he's great now. Days. Yeah, so I have a lot of respect. Like, and, sh- like, Schlob, like, when he's talking about Joe Rogan... He's like, well, people respect me because I've been in the storm and people respect Rogan because he's seen more storms than everybody. But there's a lot of people that have seen a lot of storms, you know, like storm is an analogy for fighting. And so Ariel is like Rogan in that sense when it comes. And I think Rogan is a great announcer. So I didn't agree with like the bloody elbow article. Okay. You also don't you also don't need Rogan all the time. Like Michael Bisbing's really good, too. You know, like Mm. Paul Felder is good, too. DC is good, too. Like, I think a lot of people can be good at it. I mean, I'll listen to Brendan Shaw because he was a fighter that has ties to a lot of these other fighters. So he talks about like the way he trained, who he trained with. And that stuff is kind of interesting to see the contrast. Like he grew up when Corey Sanhagen came in and he's like, yeah, Corey Sanhagen first came to my gym. He was 16. He was just a basketball player. And he was a kid that was really good early on. It's cool to see him like, oh, I didn't know that. And then he was talking about how he fought Shane Carwin all the time and they would go so hard and they'd knock each other out before fights. And that was a dumb way to train like. There's some value in that, like he fought and he has a lot of experience and I like to do hear that. Yeah. And I'll hear that and take it for what it's worth. When he says dumb stuff, it's easy to recognize that's him being dumb. (laughs) By the way, shit, by the way, shit, people, people like to think that like, um, it's the same thing. I I don't know. I, I just compartmentalize like people and what they do. It's, it's like uh, when people are like, oh, I hate Mayweather because he beat his wife. I'm like, that's fair. You should hate Mayweather the person. You should love Mayweather the boxer. He's the greatest ever. Okay, see, I'm not as good at com- compartmentalizing. And by the way, Shane Carwin right. is a whole, Shane Carwin is a homeless cat that has talked a lot of shit about Shab being like, don't really believe a lot of the things that he says. Um, he does it for hits and likes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, like a lot of people, you blend together. And when it comes to fighting, I like listening to Brendan Schaub talk about fighting. But when he says things like, I don't make comedy for soy boys, like I would argue you don't make comedy. Like, you know, you just haven't made comedy. You have the worst comedy special of all time. For maybe some of your fight analysis, I don't have the shit on you. Fair. But now, like, that's a different world. So this is what I'm talking about. You're kind of turning this session into a Brendan Schaub shit session as opposed to Brendan Schaub versus Ariel and why they have the beef and in the relation of MMA. Like, you could shit on his comedy for sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll back you up, but it's but I'll tell irrelevant. You, I'll, t- I'll tell you why it's tied, though, because the homeless cats, they always joke and say that they work at P.F. Chang's. So and here's the other thing. Hold on, no, no, hold on. Irrelevant. No, no, it is relevant because Ariel Helwani now calls himself the CEO of P.F. Chang's. And so Ariel Helwani is doing this for that community, too. 
You know what I mean? Like that's like, it, it's like it's, making fun of how much money Ariel Hawani has. You're like, this is irrelevant. But there's a reason why Ariel Hawani is diving into this grudge. It's because because he felt no, he went low, so he goes low. You know, like I, I get it. But but why would he? Why would he say? No, but why would he say I'm the leader of that group? Then you know what I mean. I think he's saying it like sounds. I think I think. No, I think it's all tied together. I think it's like all like worlds colliding, which makes it so interesting. It makes it more personal. He's like, keep it out of your mouth. Keep it like, like I get it. it. It's it's all I like it, but I love it. <laughs> where it's like, are we just gonna talk about like the lifestyles of fighters or who they are in the ring? You know what I mean? It's one of those things where yeah, I don't really care about that. To me, it's a different type of fight. We do talk about fighting in this podcast, philosophy of fighting. And to me, this is like a fight of verbal fighting. Like, you know, like not a battle fight. of wits. Does not fight. I think they're fighting in the sense of they don't like each other. Like, what do you say? Like, when you're, like, beefing with your wife or girlfriend, right? You're fighting. No, it's like a fight. Like, you don't like argument. each other. Like, you, yeah, the better but word is argument. Of, you might call it a fight, but it's an argument. Yeah, sure. But, not, yeah, but, not, but it's semantics, though. Like, I think in, in the human nature, like... What Ariel and and, and uh, Brendan are doing a little bit is like they are fighting, but it's a battle of wits They're more than a battle fighting. of piss. Although they might fight. That'd be pretty funny. I want to see Ariel fight Brian Callen. That would be a good fight. I, I, I'm okay with That would be I exciting. You don't think Ariel has ever trained at all for none of this? None. I feel like you have to train a little bit if you're... Uh, none. I don't, I don't believe you have to be a fighter to be a analyst but i also agreed i think ariel's the best and he's never stepped anywhere he's got to have done some stuff in the background some jujitsu and striking a little he doesn't have to have done anything yeah maybe you don't have to do anything because he is sure there are people that don't play the game and they coach and like that happens it's not common but he is the best yeah I guess I'm just having fun with this though because i really do enjoy that community i think they're like hilarious i know (laughs) so like like, i also Brendan Schaub's got like fucking 30 jobs and you're like, yo, I'm going to shit on all these jobs, but those jobs aren't relevant to the job we're talking about. But dude, it's just Brendan does so many. Please, I just, if you listen to Correct. the show, you're like, yo, just go to the subreddit. Such a piece of shit. And you're like, yeah, cool. But I'm going to watch every fight of his. And so are all of his haters. And his haters are watching because of the stuff he does outside of the ring. Or like Connor, same thing. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's magic inside, though. Yeah, I would not say Brendan is magic on the microphone. Okay. I but I'm saying, like, the more haters you have, <laughs> generally the more magic you have in the job. I guess. I guess we need to get some haters, bro. Because. <laughs> uh... I don't know. I think, like, I guess haters do come with the territory, but also at some point you have to realize like, yo, maybe my haters are saying some truth, you know, like Connor should be like, yeah, maybe I should lay off the cocaine and whiskey and stop fucking fighting random people yeah. on red carpets. You know, it's like just because somebody's a hater doesn't mean that they're like totally wrong in their assessment oh, of you. Agreed. It's just, yeah, I'm not saying like the hate doesn't have reason. I just say that reason is irrelevant to whatever you're like, you know what I mean? Like the talking point might be. So yeah. when you're like, when you're judging like a fighter on his legacy or something, like, yo, this guy was on Coke all the time. You're like, yo, that's irrelevant, right? Like, that's irrelevant. And so look, I look honest, at this the same way in that sense. Yeah, this look, this whole but segment Ariel, might be it's different. If a lot of people dislike Ariel, that is the effect of his job. Yeah, but they all still go on his show, and I, and I love not it. All and of like, them. D- you're wrong, he has, Ned. It's not he has all like of ten fight. He has like ten fighters every episode. He's got plenty of fighters that want to go on his show. That do like deep, long interviews. That's enough. You get, 
you get Tyson Fury before his fight, and it, it's not even like the only thing. It's just like he's on for like that's awesome. Like you know, you have Tyson UFC Fury. doesn't allow you to even stand in the same room. In fact, I had to communicate with ESPN, where Dana, if Dana was going to enter a room. ESPN would have to escort Ariel Hawani out of the room before Dana even entered it. And Dana's a bitch for that. Like, that dude, that could on. be a whole level of petty that, yeah, maybe is just insane. Or maybe Dana's like, yo, this guy's the worst. Get out. Like, I, I don't know who's right in this instance. It doesn't even matter. It's just don't paint Ariel as the most loved guy and as the most hated guy either. No, I don't. I'm not painting Ariel as the most loved guy. And I'm just painting Brandon as like, he's like a little bit of a dumbass, you know? <laughs> and like, and so like, I, I think that's like true. And the, I would say it's like a little bit like the Tyrion quote from Game of Thrones when it used to be good. Like, you know, when you remove someone's tongue, you don't just get them to stop speaking. It's more like you highlight like that you're nervous about the words he's going to say. And mm -hmm. I think uh, Dana has done that with Ariel where, yeah, Ariel... You know, even Brendan Shaw was talking shit about Ariel. He's like, oh, the only people, the only reason people listen to your show is because you got fighters. And Ariel's like, I love the fighters. I'm here to promote the fighters. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Ariel's necessarily. Uh, I, I, I believe know. him in that sense. There is a little ego to Ariel. Well, you got to be an entertainer. We're on this podcast. You got to, to go up and talk. You need to have some ego regardless. So I agree. And some ego is going to make you somewhat bad. In the sense, he's done good for the sport. He's done good for the community. Yes. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's doing it selfishly. I, that's hard for me to say. I, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm just yeah, gonna measure the good he does, and he does a lot of good. Do like his, <laughs> his ambitions or his motivation to do that. I don't care. Okay, that's uh, that's fair. And yeah. look, th this segment might have no real bearing it might be different than most segments we've ever done on this podcast but i enjoy it because it's like i think uh I know. you have a very you have a very strong leniency here so here's here's the big question is do you think they ever get in the same room i think helwani just from a strategic standpoint realizes like i'm smarter than brendan and this is getting me it's not like it's even getting him more hits it's just getting him a different type of street cred because people are always watching his shows anyway, the MMA hour and whatever he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think Ariel likes this street cred. And I think he like realizes like, yo, in a battle like this, where it's not in the ring, I'm going to run laps around you. Like Josh Thompson Maybe. tried making fun of Josh Thompson, tried making fun of Ariel and he crushed him like on yeah. Twitter. Like, Ar like this is where Ariel shines. And I think Cyborg or Kessia, somebody commented, even Kevin Holland now is commenting on it where he goes, that's a 10-7 for Ariel. Like, and they just keep giving him like 10 eights, 10 sevens. <laughs> like they're just like, yo, you're winning, you're crushing. And Helwani's going, no, this is no longer Helwani. This is Heelwani. Like, you know, you talk shit about me, I'm gonna talk shit about you. And mm -hmm. I think it's uh I think, yeah, I think Helwani goes, This is a battle I can win. Why not get that easy victory? So you think it happens? I don't know if they necessarily sit in the same room together, but maybe he goes, all right, Brendan, come on my show. Cause Brendan goes, I'll come to New York. So maybe they'll yeah. go, all right, come call in, do it. Let's see what you do. Yeah, you and let's talk about it. Where it's like, no, come on my show. No, you come on my show. You know, Brendan said he would go on his show too. So you know what I mean? Like he Correct. left it out there. So now if he doesn't go, it'd be like, all right, you're back. You're once again, going against your word, you know, like, so I'd I like be to see him on both. If one goes on the other person's show, the other person has editing power. 
So I think you do need to go to both shows. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I I'm looking at everything. Yeah. Yes, that's that's a good point. You you would need that. So if it doesn't transpire, it's because one is not willing to do the other show or something like that. That's what mm, I would think. Yeah, I just hope because they'll both get a lot end. more eyeballs. They'll both get a lot more viewers. It's worth doing. I I really hope this doesn't end. Maybe they string it out longer. Yeah, I don't know. Stop. Helani, I think, is having fun with this. Brendan Schaub says he's having fun, but he makes comments that are like... It's your bias again. Here's another way to look insecure. at it. Insecure. One of these guys has a named show after themselves. Who is it? The Ariel Hawani show. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Brendan that, Schaub's got like eight shows. None are named. The belt, the fighter, and the kid. Whatever. Right. He, so, again... Just throwing it out there. Don't get too slighted on this. Yeah. I would say, though, Ariel creates better content and creates his own content. Agreed. Rather than I'm with you on that. Like yep. sometimes, you know, and yeah, no, I am biased. I've been on that. I've been on that uh, subreddit for like two and a half years. Like, I think Dude, they're there's hilarious. Subreddits. There's also a lot of awful subreddits, like even like the jujitsu community, the things they get behind and the things they like shit. I'm like. I'm not a part of this. Like, yeah, there are some weird, like, <laughs> all right, I am part of this community. And you're like, no, maybe I'm not. I, I just think, though, there is a little bit of a circle jerk with like Joe Rogan and his friends. And I like For Joe sure. Rogan, but Joe Rogan and his friends, like how they're like the bastion of free speech and like how know, they're like yeah. the modern philosophers and like, oh, my God, like we're murder. Then. Like they talk about the same, like they've turned into Karens in some, and like the fighter and the kid pot, like subreddit, like they, I feel like pinpointed this earlier than others. And they rightfully call them out on some bullshit. And you do need people to call you out. It keeps you, it keeps you, uh, I don't know, in your lane a little bit. Like if this was just, if each of us were just individually having our own podcast now, I don't think it'd be as good. Because you have to offset each other a little bit. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you need some of that. And I and I, I feel like that subreddit is doing that for that community because nobody wants to say anything negative to Joe Rogan's face or other people's face because they they're afraid it's gonna affect their career. And so yeah. this is like an opportunity to make jokes that's hilarious. And it's like it's a bunch of ninth graders or random dudes yeah. that work at PF Chang's and they're just as funny, if not funnier than them. And that's what I love sure, about it. They can it. be yeah. I mean You've seen when you go through comments, sometimes comments are hilarious. There are some hilarious people out there, but like nine out of ten people are just like, yo, what do you do all day? But I I always think I'm kind of like in that instance, I am like Brendan Shot. I'm like, yo, what do you do for work? What are you doing? I guess I don't know. It's like Fight Club to me, where they go, we're the best, like I see the best and the brightest. And their gas station attendants are like to me, that's what that's who they are. Their motto is we don't matter. Like we don't Man, matter. Have I, I've always wondered that. I'm like, do do the people I meet every day or just acquaintances or stuff, are they these people? I always think I about like that. that. I I just think there's like really some there's like Pulitzer Prize winners and Picassos all around us, and and they and they might. No, I'm serious though. It's like, but some people in a perfect meme, it's like no, four, those people change like four, lives. These people just make a laugh. I think that's different. No, they change lives too. The right meme can. It's hilarious. Dude, it changes culture. Even like jokes about like eating ass, like that's meme culture. So I would say memes change sexuality. Like in that sense, like memes change everything. And these people are hilarious in how 
the whole vax movement, everything about war, libertarianism, politics, that's all memes. Yeah. And okay. it's like geniuses, I mean, it's not like little all memes. There's some other things, but yeah, memes definitely grow. Out, yeah. Outweigh books. Nobody reads. Most people don't read books anymore. <laughs> most people don't watch documentaries. Most people are dumb, like a little bit. Okay, there, that's the follow up. Yeah. Yeah. So they use these memes, and I think again, yeah, that's the new Pulitzer Prize winners and Picasso's, like these people that create this like unique content for a subset of people. And it's hilarious. It's just like, and dude, people want community. So it just like forms like a little community. Yeah, we definitely have uh, what is called echo chambers a lot more. Good yes. and bad. Yeah. I, I Look, I normally I hate hating, but I think like sometimes it's like, all right, it's oh, done see, in a funny way. I don't hate hating. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. I, I think hating is funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, like, just, I, it's just one of those things that if I'm going to hate, I got to hate equally. Yeah, I've been made fun of a lot. Like, you know, like, I don't know, growing oh, up, man. I feel like, yeah, it gave me like some thick skin. Like everybody eventually gets theirs. Like, I think, uh, I think though, like some fighters can't handle it because they know they could beat people up. And yes. so they're like, no, don't make fun of me. And it's like, dude, I'm going to make fun of you. You're like a dumbass. Like, you know, like you're stupid. You mumble your words. You say like dumb shit. Like. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's my opportunity as not necessarily a fighter to fuck with you and own you a little bit. Just take it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they don't have to take it, though. Yeah, no, they could they could fuck me up. But then I could also stab just, you like in, in yeah, my okay, head. Like, yeah, I, we just go up and up so that sometimes it's like, just laugh, bro. Like you're a comedian. Like now that you're a comedian, be comedic. Try to destroy me with words, you know? Maybe that's that's like, uh, do you think the guy defending himself against the bully is justified then? Like if the bully is just berating him and just making fun of him and say, well, why don't you laugh? You should just laugh. Is is the is the bullied person who throws the first punch at fault because he threw the first punch? Look, there's there's a part of me, honestly, and I tell my students this sometimes and I feel bad when I say it. But I was like, I I think uh, we undervalue some forms of bullying. You know, and like I, rem- <laughs> I remember watching like these like daytime TV shows where they would have like these hot girls come in and then like confront their bullies because they used to not be like they used to be fat. And then the bullies like made their lives miserable and then they got mm. super hot. And I'm kind of like, I think I've seen something like this before. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. So I'm like, like, you kind of proved him right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you like he motivated you to some capacity? Like, now, look, you shouldn't be a dick. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you Going draw back. the lines, I think, is what what is bullying. I'm not saying, like, be mean to people, but play a little bit of the game and try to win sometimes. Because I do think, like, you develop certain skills from it. Now, yes, it could also be, like, I hate the whole sticks and stones thing. Like, sticks and stones could break your bones, but words and love hurt me. Because mm-hmm. I definitely remember the words that have hurt me. And I don't remember... Get it. Let's hurt everybody. I don't understand yeah. that at all. Like, <laughs> literally, that's all we do, and everyone's up in storm about everything and always uproar. Yeah, words always hurt people, even when you Word. don't even want them to. And words hurt more than fists. Like you know, like you get into yeah. a fight. Like sometimes, like a good, a mean joke will hurt you to your core. But it lasts sometimes longer. I'm like, all right, yeah, use it for motivation. Like whatever. Like there's some truth to it. Like we have to know who we are i guess like eminem like you know in eight miles like what are you gonna make fun of me like you know like mm-hmm. i'm poor and white or whatever like you eventually once you own who you are a little bit 
I think uh, you succeed a little bit more. And I think that's like a little bit what these like homeless cats are doing where they're like, all right, we're going to shine a light on you because right now everybody's just jerking you guys off mm-hmm. and just saying good things. And, oh, you don't read the comments. All right, fine. Don't read the comments. We'll just keep <laughs> creating content, you know? <laughs> I guess I have like gray matter in this like discussion versus like online fighting and real life bullying and fighting. Like, I don't know. I guess I enjoy like a little bit of all of it, but I would also say like, let's not also do all of it. I feel like you have to find like a proper balance. I, I think it's all about just... your, your levels of communication. It's like knowing, knowing the audience you're speaking to and what you're speaking about, right? You do this with like seminars on public speaking, but we don't do this on interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm going to make fun of someone, I damn sure better know that someone. I should know based on like, their character traits, who they are. Will they receive it as a joke? Do they know I don't mean that down at the core? Do they know I'm just trying to get a rise at them or motivate them? Or, you know, like the same sentence can be said with different context and it could be received differently by different people. Mm-hmm. So like bullying is one of those things where I'm like, these lines are so blurred, but it's really down to just not knowing that person and what you're saying. Like there's just like that miscommunication on that. I don't believe mm-hmm. that every instance of bullying is meant to be like, oh, I need to put this person down to show my superiority. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of instances of bullying that are kind of misread as that. Yeah. That is not a justification of bullying. That's just what I think happens. There's a great quote by Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, he said, uh, people don't attack you just to hurt you. Sometimes they just want to see how strong you are. Mm. And, and, I, and I like that. I, I feel like that's like a good coach will do that. You know, they'll be like, all right, get in there with this guy. Like, you know, and like you're expected to lose. But how good are you going to do? Like, what is your resiliency? Like, what is like, you know, like, how do you stand up for yourself? Like, you, you have yes. to have some uh, mm-hmm. oppression or something against you. Now, like relentless bullying and being just cruel, you know, like eventually there's like, yeah, punch him in the face then, you know, like yeah. do something like you have to figure out a way to eventually win. Also, like, there's, aren't there other like more fun run. ways to spend your time? Like, I don't understand, like, when people, like, pr- like endlessly pursue bullying, like, this one person. I'm like, well, what are you getting? Like, there's a lot more fun things to be doing. I don't know. It's just a weird, like, do they hate themselves enough that they have to bully someone, like, endlessly? And, like, why do they find that, like, insatiable desire to do that? I think there's a part of it that we're, like, such an online culture now and we're home and we're jealous or like, you know, like we have like this anger or something that we need to like let out maybe. And so we maybe. do something like that. I don't know. I feel bad. Cause I feel like we even like bully some of our friends, you know what I mean? Like kind 100%. of like make fun of them, but we also mm-hmm. like love them. But like, mm-hmm. we're also like, there's like somebody in the group that sometimes like the runt of like a joke or something. And I feel like that's like a little, like, that's like a little sad, but it's also like, if you're also, like, I, don't I, don't, I feel like if you're willing to dish, you have to be willing to receive. And if you're willing to receive, then that's fine. You can go yeah, too that's far, fair. of course, either way. But of course, mm-hmm. if you're if you're never willing to receive, but always willing to give, you're always you're the dick. You're not you're, <laughs> you, you lose the ability to be in the group, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how mm-hmm. a lot of like that's how like you and I grew up. That's how who, who would be out of the group. But you can't receive. You're not fun to be around. Now you'll give. Like New York standard is like, you got to be able to give. 
Now, like who you're friends with is can they take it? Yeah, exactly. And I would never want to show somebody that they like hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? Even if they did hurt my feelings, it's like no way I'm showing you <laughs> that you hurt my feelings. <laughs> like ever. Uh, your times are changing though. And I, I kind of appreciate young kids like not doing that. Like young kids. I don't even know. People make fun of the young kids and say like the young kids are sensitive, but I also think the old fucks are sensitive too. Are. Here's, here's, a, here's a great meme, right? They're like, oh, this generation's a bunch of snowflakes. And then somebody wrote like, you literally got mad when black people went to the same school as you or drank from the yeah, same water yeah. fountain as you. Like, you know, like, how is that not a snowflake mental? Like, oh, you're drinking from this fountain, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and so like, yeah, there's like these things that change over time. And yeah, every generation likes to blame the next generation. Every new generation likes to blame the older generation. It's just, they all, they all, everyone's just pointing fingers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the old people fucked up this world for us. And then the old people are like, yo, the world is, you've ruined everything. Like the way the future is going to be is fucked now because of you youngins, you know, like it goes both ways. Exactly. Like all the, they're like, you fucking TikTokers, like with your stupid fucking bullshit. And then part of me yeah. is like, who invented tiktok like we did you know and then like who's investing in tiktok the fucking like so it's like all the generations are involved in the shittiness like no no no, but you're using it we built it and then the boomers are making money off of it because they invest in it so it's kind of like dude we're all fucking yeah to me like generations don't exist generations only exist to place blame on people okay no, I see. I do think generations do exist because the time you're born is going to have a factor. The same way, like the location you're born. Is Correct. Have a but if you're telling me the difference between 1983 and 1984 is a difference of a generation, that's dumb. No, that's the same generation. I, I mean, like 20 year spans. Like, were you born in the 80s or were you born in the 2000s? Like, you're going to be slightly different. No. Okay. Of then, course. Well, 60s, what 80s. Then what's so someone born in the 90s compared to the 80s is that different? slightly but not as much but then once you go to like it's like a spectrum you know you start getting like the it's different colors different, of the rainbow. that's what i'm saying yeah. when you make these classifications of like millennials boomers all these different things i'm like this is horseshit this is just different aged people it's not like yeah i don't it's, know it's we're all doing this like yeah these people are doing this these people might be doing this that like but they're all contributing to the same thing we're yeah, okay, all living that in the I same agree world with. that i agree with we are all contributing to the same thing but yeah. I do see a difference in my students than when we were students a little bit. Sure. You know, like who, who they are, what they believe, like even what their humor is like. Mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, I don't know. We're also getting older and further removed from it. So like maybe the things we found funny as kids, we just don't find funny anymore. And you and things change also over time. So the things that they find funny could very well be of some of the things that we found funny. But now we're just like, oh, it's not funny. Yeah, that's not funny, kids. Things change, don't, yeah. Don't make fun of people. <laughs> new, new, new celebrity person that I could fight if I could, like, train and fight them? Kyrie Irving. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if I had, like, two years to train and I could fight, like, another athlete, like, I want to fight Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, such why? A, he's a dumb fuck. Like, fucking, like, flat earth theory. Like, now, like, just, like, I feel like he, like, takes these stands it's that not are... Flat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like these dumb fuck stands like on certain things. And it's just like, you annoy me. So yeah, I would like to fight. I'm, I'm just like upset at like the stupidity in the world sometimes. I'm not saying like, oh my God, everybody should get vaxxed or anything like that. But it's like some of the logic behind why you choose certain things is just annoying to me and just makes me think like you're a dumbass, you know? And that frustrates me. Mm, for sure. I had, I had students... That would ask me about flat earth 
I teach college. <laughs> and they, they ask me about flat earth and I get mad. I'm like, maybe no. they just do that to get a rise out of you. No. For this week, the person I would fight, like, let's bring this segment back. It's Kyrie Irving. All like, right. dude, you make $40 million. You, you don't play some of the games because you're sad. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. But you get $40 million. Like, stop acting like you're like Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? Like, be Martin Luther King. If you want to do that, read and study. Like, but everybody that says I do research, they're like 26 years old. And I know they don't study. Like, they never studied in college. They were basketball players and they fucked around and they had a good time. And you know what I mean? Nobody ever demanded they have grades. So I have to assume that you study now. Like people have been blowing you for your entire life because you're tall and fast and good at stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Part of me feels like, yeah, I want to fight Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I'll that's watch my, that. That's my guy. That's, that's my guy. Kyrie Irving or Brian Callen. And Brian Callen. Brian Callen. Brian Callen first because Kyrie Irving is big. <laughs> or Brian Callen. Uh, I'd love to watch no, that too. Brian Callen shit on professors. He's like, Professors oh, have yeah, money. academics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, yeah. academics have money, so I get why they're saying about... I think his father's a teacher or some shit. His father is a banker that is worth tens of millions of dollars. He's a rich kid. He's a yeah, rich yeah. kid that grew up on the Upper East Side, and he's acting like academic... I make like 35, 40 grand for like teach. I, I don't make money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're acting like these are the people that are like the hootie tootie. Like, you're a celebrity in LA, dude. Fuck yourself. Like, I'm no, I want to fight you. Like, you know, like, all right. Kyrie Irving is 6'2, 195. So he's not like a monster basketball player. Yeah. It's a lot bigger. I don't give. Of course, you want to fight him. I weigh 155, but in spirit, I'm like 170. Yeah. Who would you fight this week? I would like to fight Takashi 619. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Fight him. That's a good one. Why? For I don't society? know. He just talks For a snitching? hard game. Yeah, he's like, yes, fight him. Yes, that's a good one. He just talks a hard game, and I'm like, all right, can you actually do anything without a piece? But then all the bloods are gonna come after you. That's fine. If there's no guns, I'm willing to fight hand to hand anybody. Whatever. I would love to see something like that where it's like all the bloods, but they don't have guns, and then it's like a yes. bunch of nerdy, a bunch of nerdy jujitsu dudes like fuck them up. Oh, it's man. kind of like. But then they come back with the gun. That's what I mean. Because that's why, like, yeah, fighting it like end, goes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. All right, Brendan Shop fucks me up. All right, I'm stabbing you eventually, or I'm gonna poison you, or I'm gonna do something. I'm saying, that like, I'm, like, just, really how good. far do you go? That's what, like just settle it all in a ring, man. Yeah. Or just on a podcast. Just oh, settle yeah, that's, it fine. <laughs> that's fine too. That's gonna be the future. It's gonna be just video games. Like, all right, Madden done. Like you know, like no more talking shit. Like Fortnite. That's what the kids probably do. I'll see you on the battlefield. Yeah, that is how our kids are fighting now. It's also how our kids are bullying now, too. On Fortnite or on Twitch? Yeah, on all those online platforms. Bro, have you heard what these kids say? Dude, the, yeah, when we were babysitting the six-year-old girl, like, they were kind of nervous about, like, Hocus Pocus. Like, they got a little scared. Like, some mm-hmm. Disney gets a little scared. But then she was also like, can I watch Squid Game? And she's like, my friend says it's cool. And I'm like, Squid Game is like the most murderous. I'm like, she's like, no, oh, but I'm playing the video game Squid Game and murdering people. Like, and in my head, I'm like, there's such a disconnect of what's going on in this world. Like, it's like a little wild, like ultra violence. And then like, I'm scared of the dark, you know? But like, let me watch, like, let me watch like 12 people get murdered. I was like reading serial killer shit today. And I was like, why am I reading this? Like, this is not good for my mind. But I just kept reading it. And I We're just kept all enchanted re- by that. It's a weird thing. I know, but I think like 
we're enchanted by it, but in the past they used to be you just like read about it in the newspaper. Now it's like, oh, like I could read the article, I'll read this podcast, and now let me research no, it was this like particular search. Here's why, because I, I remember this, like my father actually collected like trading card sets and there was a trading card set of serial killers. Really? And people collected them and he had the whole set. And I remember being like 10, however old I was reading them all. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, oh what are you doing? God. And I'm like, all right. So like it was happening then too. It's just like, it didn't have in the form of like Netflix. It happened in the form of trading cards and magazines. People still had an infatuation of like, yo, what the fuck? It just requires more work though. And your dad is like, I'm a, your dad's like a little crazy where now it's like 13 year old girls that are like, all right, well, let me really read about this. Like, you know, they're like reading about, oh, let me, let me watch Criminal ID. Let me watch CSI. Then let me Wikipedia these murder rapists that it's just like, whoa, like eventually I'll never trust anybody ever again. You know, Mm. like. I don't know. I think it's like a little. We don't. We don't. We don't let our like people are like. Oh, why don't the kids play outside? You don't want them playing outside. There's crazy people out there now, right? Like you're always like, yo, someone's gonna take you. Yo, like the, the level of protection now is all time high. Yeah, I'm always surprised that like I mean they prey on weaker people for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm always yes. surprised there aren't people that just like. Like the serial killer, I guess maybe the serial killers are good. That's why they're serial killers, right? They can prey on the, like, they can find the right person to kill each time and time again. Because in my head, I'm always like, are they going to cross the one wrong motherfucker at one point? But you never hear the story about like, oh, this guy was attacked by a serial killer and killed that guy. Like killed the serial killer. You never hear that, right? I think it's because the serial killers are just so good at who they pick. Mm-hmm. Mindhunter is a great show for this. If you guys are interested, Mindhunter is about how the FBI started studying the psychology of killers. They came up with the term serial killer Mm -hmm. before everything was done based on forensics, fingerprints, hair, whatever, Mm -hmm. like actual evidence where this is the behavioral department. And it's really fascinating. And there's one guy, Ed Kemper, who's a sick fuck. My girlfriend listens to this. Close your ears right now. But uh, Ed Kemper literally murdered his wife. No, murdered his mom and her best friend. And I think like, fuck the corpse. Like, sick fuck. You know, mm-hmm. like insane. And then uh, when they started, but he was also one of the first people that like loved talking about it. So he, he talked with the FBI about all the behavioral stuff all the time. And a lot of their initial insight came from him, which is interesting. And he That's goes, how they built psychological profiles on serial killers and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so he did some good after all this fucked upness. But they were like, well, everybody we're catching is this. He goes, well, maybe those are just the people you're catching. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so they're like, oh, the holes. And that line freaked me out because then I'm like, oh, my God, there's just a lot of really good serial killers out there that we just don't know. And like they yes. aren't getting caught. Like, yep. oh, that was scary to relate it back to fighting. Do you think some of these people seek out training how to fight now that it's becoming oh like killers yeah or just anyone that's like a predator yeah predators yeah exactly yeah. killers predators yeah i i i know of someone who can you share uh yeah i guess kind of i i trained with you know this it was like oh with elias right elias's school mm-hmm. yeah i'm not saying that's the reason he trains but 
I have no idea. Yeah, he was a predator. He preyed, on, but he preyed on like a young girl, like I think like 14, 12, something like that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess mean, it's, it's sure, the same like psychological thing. Doing, yeah. Who was that gym that was in San Diego where they had like a few rapists? Lloyd Irvin. That wasn't in San Diego. That was, was in, it was in Cal- California. No. I think it, I thought it was in Florida, but maybe I'm wrong. Lloyd Irvin. Yeah, like these people went to jail, and a lot of people left his gym. And they found out Lloyd Irvin actually almost owes Maryland. Yeah, it was out of a school in Maryland. I'm sorry, you were right. Oh, okay. Um, do you think, because we always highlight the benefits of, yeah, the benefits of like fighting and stuff. Do you think somebody that might have a predator mentality could get that knocked out of him if he has like a good community and he trains with the fighting? Or do you think they're solely fight? Obviously, this is just an opinion question. There's no science behind any of this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I, do I think there's a possibility that someone could be training in martial arts to be able to become a predator of some sort? Yes. Okay. And then the second part of the question is, do you think by then training and finding a good community, they would stop being? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'd like to believe that's a possibility. I would like to believe that because it does scare me if like... You don't know people's motivations and you don't know how strong that community might be able to influence a person. And in the end, do we really know each other? Yeah, exactly. Behaviors of some people in like secretive can be pretty alarming. Like, I mean, everyone has like skeletons, but you never know what someone you know could be really up to. And I think the inner... And the internet has like created also like a lot of this where people dive into who they are. There was a website in Germany where people would uh, discuss fantasizing about cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And two people met up and uh, the guy killed him and ate him. But oh, it was the other shit. guy. It was, it was the other guy's fantasy to be killed and eaten. Oh, so he was shit. He, and then like in Ger- like I think they let him go where they're like, it was like some fucked up like legal thing where it was like all right a couple years like you know what i mean like fucked up shit and then like part of me is like i don't know sometimes when i see because i always say like any girl i'm like you should train jujitsu like you should train fighting you know especially people like reports of like sexual like if i had a daughter like even more than a son like hell yeah we're fucking learning how to fight like you know 100 and then like everybody that i do train with like i love like i think there's like a lot of good people but then i wonder like are some bad apples like coming in and i wonder if like the community helps that or hurts that i don't know overall helps do i think there could be like sub circles that exacerbate a bad behavior sure yeah some gyms too right i think that are like a little bit like douchey or like i think sure. they can do that they said that with like what is your yeah because you know what it is like a a subset of people at a gym that are friends with each other that do bad things can end up opening their own gym together. Mm. And now they can create a community that is more their vision. And, and honestly, I see that is what happened with Lloyd Irvin. Lloyd Irvin, when he went to college, was almost arrested for gang rape. It was like a bunch of dudes raped this girl. And the only reason he wasn't convicted for gang rape is because he couldn't get hard. And so he said, like, oh, I wasn't hard, so I didn't do it. But everything else, he was, like, there. And he, like, you know, and he, like, participated. And he tried hiding everything from it and everything. And then I think at first he tried to even protect some of the students that got in trouble when they got caught doing their thing with another fellow student who's a girl. You know, so it was, 
it was just like a horrible scenario. And I remember this happened like 10 years ago and it kind of created like a big thing in uh, the community where everybody was like talking, like, how do we handle this? You know? And mm-hmm. I, I guess, yeah, like in terms of like, fi- we're learning, I think for me, like fighting was always about self-defense. Like that's like my primary thing. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's fun. Friends, community, aggression, get out depression, like all these other things. But like, I feel like everybody should know how to fight just in case. Yeah, we're we're built with humans that just any animal, fight or flight, be good at one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, be good at one of those. Like, be good at sensing. Best, get, be better. Be good at both. Best be yeah. good at both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But have at least one. Yeah, get your spidey sense in order. See things. Yeah. Analyze things. Yeah. Be funny. Learn how to defuse a situation. I mm-hmm. there the best advice I ever got when I was traveling, like I was reading a book and it was a KGB uh, dude, like from Russia. And he goes, number one advice for anybody traveling. Someone would much rather murder, rape and steal from somebody they don't like. And like, mm-hmm. I always took that with me and I was like, all right, I'm buying drinks. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm being a decent person. Oh, the taxi driver wants to overcharge me a little bit. All right, here's five extra bucks. Like I hate it. Like when like some people like, don't fuck with me. Like, part of me is like, dude, you're in his country and you make way more money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're on vacation. Like, give him a tip, bro. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, mm-hmm. treat it like tax. But yeah, it, I would, I would suggest everybody do that. You know, like learn that. Like, be nice and be friendly. But fair. Yeah, yeah that's good we imparting ran- advice to end on. I'm gonna end it right there. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.